are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday. You're listening into Locked On Big Ten alongside Matt Sheehan, host of Locked On Spartans. I'm Nate Dickinson. We're here to talk about probably the biggest game of the weekend, if you ask me. There's a few good ones across the conference in the Big Ten in this non-conference slate, but not all of them feature a top 15 team on the road and facing some doubts here from Vegas especially. We'll get to that in a second with Matt. But right now, Matt, let's talk about just this matchup on the field here and who's actually going to come out on top. Michigan State this season's looked really good. So is Washington. But it's the Spartans who are supposed to be a top 10 or close to a team right now. How are you feeling going into this game? Oh, it's just awful. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm doing so horrible, Nate. Um, but it is great to see you. Uh, I, I do love chatting with you every single week. But yeah, I'm down horrendously bad. Uh, and look, just like you said, both teams have started very well. Both teams have won two blowout games, but against opponents that really aren't anything to write home about. So there's just so much mystery going into this game. We're going to get a lot of questions answered. And I can keep on rambling about it if you want me to, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not doing well to answer your, your first question here, Nate. I'm doing horrible. What are some of those questions that you think are going to get answered uh, here? Here we go. Okay, so right now, okay, let's just talk about the bright things for Michigan State right now is that our pass rush is pretty good, like best in the country good. We are leading the nation in sacks. Our defensive end, Jacoby Winman, is individually leading the country in sacks right now as well. But again, that was against Western Michigan and Akron, okay? And now we're going against a Washington team that has gave up zero sacks so far this season. That's not a lot of sacks, Nate. But again, hey, they've only faced Kent State and Portland State. So who is going to be the team that can actually get excited about their trenches unit? And then what fan base is going to say, uh, okay, that was kind of a, a mirage right there. So that's the first big question uh the second big question here is okay on the flip side hey michigan state's offensive line has been doing pretty well but washington has a game record as well in braylon trice so okay that's question number two and then number three maybe the most important question is Peyton thorne uh going to be okay this season like is our quarterback going to be the guy that we thought he was going to be or are the yips from the first two games going to carry into a road game against a power five team but, hey, with that said, this is the secondary to do it against. Washington has lost both cornerbacks from last year to the NFL draft. And this isn't a reload situation like it usually is for Washington in the secondary. This is a rebuild. They're facing one guy who's a transfer from UC Davis who's already hurt this year. Okay, the second guy's a former walk-on. And then their third cornerback they use is a converted safety with a history of injuries himself. So, if not now, then when, Peyton? Because we're going to need you here, man. We're really going to need you here. And that's why I'm just in agony right now because I don't know what Peyton we're going to get. I don't know if her pass rush is really as good as we think it is. So, yeah, that's why I could just talk myself in circles about this game. But a lot of questions to be to be answered here, Nate. For people who haven't watched those two games, what's been the problem this season with Peyton Thorne? Because, I mean, when you look at the stat lines, yeah. it's easy to see that he's struggled. Right. Yeah, it really is. And you can also talk yourself into being like, oh, it's not so bad. He threw four touchdowns in that first game. Yeah, but he also threw for 50% completion. And uh, really, 
Well, it's it's two things. One is he's had an overthrow problem. He's overthrown a lot of his receivers, and he's even said after the second game that he's never had this issue before. Like, sure, like he's never had a full perfect season, and then when he has bad games, he watches it. It's usually a footwork issue, then he bounces back. But it's never been an overthrow issue. So now he's got to fix a problem that he's admitted that he has never had. And then the second issue, which is kind of new this year, um, his two interceptions against Akron were kind of, uh-oh, not great. And his interception against Western was, okay, I'm running to my left. I'm a right-handed thrower. I'm throwing against the grain of the field. Nate, you try that play in Madden, that's an interception 10 out of 10 times. You try it in real life, that's an interception 11 out of 10 times. So what's really confusing about that is he's been a smart player last year, really cerebral player, smart kid. And these are like decisions that are far from smart. So he's probably pressing a little too much. He probably knows he's the guy this year. He doesn't have the nation's best running back in Kenneth Walker anymore to rely on. So I think he's trying to overcompensate and do too much. So someone's just got to get in his ear and just tell Peyton to calm the F down and just be you. Just be you because the true Peyton Thorne is a good Peyton Thorne. You don't have to be a Pat Mahomes or someone that you're really not. Just give the ball to your weapons, man, because we got great weapons. We have great weapons, but well, having good weapons doesn't matter if you're throwing the ball eight yards over their head. So that's, that's what we got, man. Oh, God. I mean, that's really concerning to me that Matt, that's, I, I mean, when you see I mean, just, no, just the idea of him saying it, it's something that's never happened before, because that's, I mean, I, I'm not any sort of quarterback whisper. I don't know anything about this kind of stuff, but when I hear that someone has a problem that they've been doing this for 20 years now, and it's still, it has it and it's coming up out of nowhere like this, like that's not yeah. something that gets fixed in one day at practice or by looking over the films and figuring it out over the course of a few days or anything like that. That's a problem problem. So I, I have a, a theory of what it is. And he said, hey, when I've had problems before, it's usually footwork. Okay. I actually do think the majority of the issue is footwork because going back to the Akron game, watching his early drives, the early overthrows, he's kind of on his back foot. And there are some throws, too, where he almost like fades away as if he's expecting to get hit, but no one's even around him. So I think that maybe to start the game, he doesn't still necessarily trust his offensive line. But as the game progressed against Akron, he did have some really good throws where he's stepping into it. And then even after the game, he said, hey, our offensive line is doing a great job. Maybe he just didn't trust that early in the game or even early in the season if you want to go back to the Western game. So I think what is really going to be important tonight the first drive, the first two drives, if I can get greedy here, the first three drives, just let Peyton know that he's going to be okay. Offensive line, keep Braylon Trice, keep the rest of Washington's defensive line out of the backfield and just have him between the ears, understand that I'm going to be okay. And I can step into these throws. So yeah, I, again, he says it's footwork when it's usually a problem, but it's not the problem he usually has. So I, Hey, we're, we're going to see, I've touted up and down, even all the way to last year, how smart this kid is, how well he can bounce back. This is the biggest litmus test yet of how cerebral and smart he can be in bouncing back between, well, two shaky performances to start the season. I mean, the bottom line is the potential, you can talk about what Peyton Thorne can be. This is not yeah. the kind of problems that you want out of the guy who's been here doing this for this long now, who you've invested right. this yep. much time in. Uh, yeah, yeah, especially as a, a guy that was in the top 100 for ESPN players going into this year. And it's not even just like, hey, be the player that we think Peyton can be. We're looking at all these great weapons Michigan State can use at receiver. Like, 
let them be the great players they can be as well. So just be, I mean, I don't want to say be a game manager, but be more like a game manager than you've tried to be the first two games. That's, that's all we're saying. Not, not too much, (laughs) not too much. So how do you feel like this game kind of plays out as we go through it? Is this high scoring? I mean, these are two really high scoring teams, uh, but again, they've played the nobody teams throughout what they've had so far, but they've looked good enough when doing it. What happens here? Yeah, no, you're bang on. And I've had people text me like, Hey, does MSU win this weekend? And I, I tell them I've never been more unsure about the outcome in a very long time. But the thing that I am pretty confident in is that, yeah, it will be that shootout because, hey, Michigan State's run game, I think, will do well against Washington's run defense, who's looked just kind of okay against two bad opponents. You get Jalen Berger, Jared Broussard cooking. Okay, kids are going to be okay. Let's say Peyton Thorne finally figures it out. Okay, we're feeling good about the pass game against Washington's pass defense. Now let's start to talk about the thing that MSU fans don't like to talk about. Michael Penix, the old Indiana quarterback against Michigan State secondary, I think we're going to see a lot of underneath routes, a lot of eight-yard hitch routes given up. Michigan State fans have seen the same game at Miami last year where we're never going to let them get the big play because Washington has 12 plays in the air that have gone for 20 yards or more. That is tied for eighth in the country. They're, you know They've had big plays so far. I think Michigan State's going to try to limit that. Ben, don't break, march down the field, and then batten down the hatches in the red zone. So, yes, I think Michael Penix will get his. I think touchdowns will be had. So that's where I'm going to go, if I can throw the first bet out there today. Over 56 <laughs> and a half, which is 10 full points higher than what this opened up at before the season. But I still think that, hey, we're going to go over 56 and a half because, hey, yeah, they, both defenses have something to smile about. But, man, a lot more to smile about on both offensive units than uh, there is on defense. So that's that's why the only thing I'm somewhat confident in. Over 56 and a half. All right. So we'll see what happens between those two teams. The spread is Michigan State not favored, despite being the number 11 team in the country. And we'll yeah. get to that here in a second as we break down all the lines and everything here across the Big Ten and talk about where we like the numbers this weekend. That's coming up here with Matt here on Locked On Big Ten. But first, Matt, before we get to any of that, if you'd like, Going through the numbers, of course, and getting your money in the right way. You can get on over to Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up the college football season. It's easy to play. You can win cold, hard cash in every single game out there. And with names behind it, like Mark Cuban, Kevin Durant, Adam Schefter out there too, it's legit and stuff that you can get behind and know that you're going to actually be able to go through and get everything done that you need to get done. You can sign yep. up with the promo code locked on at underdog will double your first deposit up to a hundred dollars deposit a hundred dollars, get a hundred dollars for free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the underdog fantasy app in the app store or Google play store. That's underdog fantasy promo code locked on college football, pick em action right now today over at underdog fantasy. All right, Matt, let's talk about these lines here. Again, any line that you see or hear on Locked On, you're going to be able to find over at Bet Online. It's the place where the game starts, and we've got a lot of good games to go over here this weekend. Let's start with oh, yeah. your Spartans. Big part of the reason why I think this is the biggest game of the week in the Big Ten. They're a three-and-a-half-point underdog on the road, so yeah. that explains part of it. But still, a number 11 team in the country against an unranked Washington team This is the first real big test for this Michigan State Spartan squad. Where do you have this thing landing? Oh, boy, Uh, in confusion land. That's where I have this landing. Look, I'm going to try to 
take my state hat off, my MSU fandom, my, my, my slappiness away from this game. Michigan State, just like you said, number 11 against a Washington team that went 2-10 and 10 last year. I mean, and, and now we're three and a half point underdogs and we're getting 75% of the bets from Vegas. Look, if I'm not a state fan, I'm looking at that and saying, oh yeah, Washington's winning. Like they are begging people to take Michigan State with three and the hook. The public is on Michigan State. They are taking the cheese in this mousetrap. So look, I, I'm not going to do it just because it wouldn't sit completely well with me, but I Washington minus three and a half might be the play here just because this is, hey, if I'm going to have theories that I subscribe to, this is one of them, that if something stinks out loud and the public is following that stinky cheese, I'll just, I mean, hey, turn on the lights like Vegas does and, you know, fade the public and go with Washington. So, yeah, as much as it pains me to say, and as confusing as it is to talk about, because I could very well see Michigan State winning this game, Washington minus three and a half might be the smart man's play, but Again, I'm not a smart man, so that's why I'm not going to be taking it. But, uh, hey, if the listeners and watchers are, that's that's where the smart money's going, unfortunately. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk through the rest of the conference here. I, I want to get a best bet from you here at the end. But before that, I know we like talking overs and unders and things like that totals. So let's start with the bottom, then go all the way up to the top, or I mean, get the two extremes. And I should say we're not going to go over everything, but the lowest total of the week is or is Iowa against Nebraska or Nevada. Iowa against Nevada at home. The uh, total is forty. I. They can't do this three weeks in a row, right? Like they, <laughs> they, they can't. Po- they cannot possibly do this three weeks in a row, especially against Nevada, who is not anything to write home about. I, look, Iowa's looked putrid these these first few weeks here, and yet they are still pretty heavy favorites against Nevada. Twenty four. With that said. God, that is so big. And, and like, especially for a total that is that small. But with that said, with that said, I no, you know what? Hey, fool me once, uh, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I'm not going to trust Iowa's offense to put up points that could bring the total to over 40. And I'm especially not going to trust Nevada's offense to beat what is still a great Iowa defense. Look, I, I think this is very underrated here. Like, everyone's talking about how bad Iowa's offense is. Whoa. Hey, let's give Iowa some credit here. Their defense still looks pretty nasty. So, yeah, I'm going to go under 40 here for Iowa-Nevada because, hey, I went over last week against Iowa-Iowa State. And, well, how'd that turn out for me as I made another donation to betonline.net? Yeah, so, no, we're not going to do it again. again. (laughs) So, he goes under on the lowest total of the weekend, highest total of the weekend, Maryland and SMU. They're at 73 points. That high now? Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We're going to go over. Yeah, look, it was a very high total when Maryland took on Charlotte. Uh, It absolutely boat raced the over, too. There was never a single doubt. So 73 points is asking so much. But you can ask a lot out of a Maryland offense in the month of September. SMU, not too bad as well. So, yeah, let's go. Ride the over. We're going to go under on the lowest total. We're going to go higher on the over. And we are going to ride into the sunset with pockets full of cash, Nate. Let's go. Let's get nuts. Let's get nuts. September Terrapins, baby. Woo. All right. So this board is much more interesting than what we had last week. A lot more closer games out there. Still, of course, your fair share of blowout spreads, but you've got a lot more interesting matchups, a lot more just power five against power five matchups out there instead of playing against FCS schools. So as yep. you look up and down, what's your one best bet of the weekend? Again, a whole lot out there to choose from and a lot of interesting matchups here 
Yeah, I'm I'm torn between two games, and they are both on the noon slate. The first one is Western Western Kentucky plus six and a half against Indiana. And maybe I'm still scarred last year with how close of a game Western Kentucky had against Michigan State. Or also, just point blank, how well the Hilltoppers offense was last year throughout the whole season. And yes, they've had to replace a lot. They've had to replace their quarterback. But the root of their offense is still there. Except they do a little more running than they did last year. But I digress. Still a high-powered offense. Yes, one of those games was against Hawaii. And, you know, me and you and the first nine viewers of this show can probably beat Hawaii, but still. Hilltops are still there, and I'm still not entirely convinced about Indiana this year. Shaky first half last week against Idaho um, or Idaho State. One of the Idahos, one of the two schools in Idaho. Uh, but, hey, again, they got to turn around the second half. There's something to be said for that. But, yeah, I, I do like West Kentucky plus six and a half. Sorry, Indiana fans. I, no no disrespect, but – uh. That's that's where my money's going. And also, too, Nate, um, can, can you talk me off of Syracuse minus two right now? No, can no, that's part that? of my that's part of my Big Ten West is bad parlay, actually. It's very, it's a very, very, very uh, interesting matchup in that one. Yep. We talked about it in our trap games episode yesterday with Jacob for a second and on Wednesday, too. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I Syracuse has been like legit good through the first two weeks of the season. And I like, like I've been saying throughout, like if Purdue wants to be as good as I've been saying Purdue can be, they need to win this game, but I'm not, I'm not comfortable putting my money on it. No, not at all. I have that. I have a, as far as that goes, Purdue plus two, or I'm sorry, Syracuse minus two, I guess then in that game, Oklahoma minus 11 against Nebraska. And then I'm trying to figure out a third big 10 West team. I want to throw in there too, either Iowa, maybe at minus two or plus Nevada plus 24 against Iowa. I don't know. But yes, there will be some sort of three teams in the Big Ten West all to lose parlay out there just because it seems like too easy right now. (laughs) Yeah, and the other Big Ten West game, like Colorado at Minnesota. Colorado's terrible. They are terrible. So, like, I I don't think Minnesota's going to help you out with that parlay right there. Um, (laughs) Maybe maybe just, like, take a bet from the Syracuse-Purdue game because I also got my eye on under 60 right there and look the only reason i have this is because syracuse defense they returned eight starters from last year and all eight are the linebackers and the secondary players right there i think they're going to keep a lot of the game under them and hey purdue struggled late against penn state's dynamite secondary now am i comparing directly syracuse's secondary to penn state's like i think that'd be a little foolish but i I think secondary for Syracuse is a little better than a lot of people are going to realize, especially for a team that, well, loves to air the ball out like Purdue. So I guess I got under 60 right there. I think we'll get close, but not quite 60 in the carrier uh, dome or whatever they call it over there. Yeah. It's not the carrier dome anymore. I forget what they caught, what they changed it to, but anyway, uh, my best bet, my best bet of the weekend is Penn state. I like them plus three or minus three at Auburn. It's the other contender for the best game of the weekend here. Uh, Penn State has questions with Sean Clifford that need to be answered. He hasn't been asked to do much really this season. I think Auburn has a good run defense, but I I don't think it's going to matter. I think Nick Singleton kind of still dominates in that game. I think he's like legit, legit good. 
and he has like a, a real coming out party kind of this weekend. He had 179 on 10 carries last weekend. So like that counts but as yeah. far as like doing it against team. That's actually got a stout defense there. I think he can really break out here against Auburn on a big stage at an sec school in one of the bigger games of the weekend in college football. If you're watching just around the country, I think that like the day will come where Sean Clifford has to prove that he can do it himself. But I do think that Nick Singleton is that kind of a good, I'm going to ride him minus three after the big game that he had last week. Yeah. And look, I'm the same with you on Sean Clifford. I think a lot of people are, is that he he could play another seven years at Penn state. And I feel like every single year I'd be like, "Eh, I just need to see a little bit more out of him to completely be bought in. But do you know who's even like less convincing at quarterback is oh just anyone at Auburn? Like I, I don't know. I, I don't see the passing game for Auburn clicking, especially against a Penn State secondary, which look, it's been a small sample size, just two games, but I've been really high on. I think their secondary has been pretty good so far. So that's why, Nate, you know me. I like my totals. 47 and a half for this game. I'm gonna go under 47 and a half at Jordan Hare Stadium. But I gotta say, if I'm starting to feel myself a little bit and I wanna juice it up I, I don't hate the penn state bet either on top of that as well so very nice very nice yeah we'll see what happens there i, I mean i think uh, again auburn has the run defense if they end up slowing singleton down then it's going to be really interesting but i think that it's mm-hmm. just a battle of strengths that singleton's going to be able to win there he's that kind of good i believe in him yeah yeah, uh, most interesting interesting total while we're talking about it on my book i think is the 66 between nebraska and oklahoma i mean yeah, that's a lot of yeah. it's Oklahoma. I know, but it is. it's a lot of points to try and put in the Nebraska game and find. It is. And Oklahoma wasn't necessarily too inspiring against Kent State no. last week at home, especially when Kent State just got blitzed in week one against Washington. So, yeah, I do like the under that game. But Nate, I, everyone listening, everyone watching, I, I want I want everyone to close their eyes right now. I, I want to envision uh, a Friday night. You're having a great time. If you're like me, you're, you're going to possibly be cracking open a Miller Lite or two or eight. And you want to say, you know, I would like a nice financial gain this weekend. Everyone, eyes still closed. I want you to imagine Mickey Joseph running onto the field to celebrate with his team that he used to play for uh, a victory against Oklahoma. They're going to avenge last year's game where they were so close, like every game in the Scott Frost era, so close, no cigar. Mickey Joseph is that cigar man. We are not taking Nebraska plus 11, Nate. No, 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 no. We are taking the plus 345 on the money line. We are going to throw some shekels on that. And we, after, you know, getting a nice little groove going on a Friday night, that is the Matt Sheehan, I'm in a groove, let's wet the beak play of the weekend, Nebraska money line. Don't question it. Just do it, baby. Let's go. Let's go. So, yeah, let's go. Responsibly. Responsibly. We'll make some sort of graphics for that for the YouTube page, the match and what the beat game of the week. Yeah. Yeah. Feel, feeling myself parlay. Yeah. Or yeah, <laughs> feel, feel myself play play of the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. It's going to work for now to remind everyone best bet. Western Kentucky was plus six and a half against Indiana for Matt. I've got yep. Penn state minus three against Auburn. I think Nick Singleton is going to continue to show why he was a five-star recruit Gatorade national play of the year, all that good stuff in like his that. Nittany Lions uh, kind of debut breakout season that he's going to start having, I hope, here this weekend. Yeah, Matt, thanks as always for joining us here for a little bit. We always like having you on. And as I mentioned, you're the team that has, in my opinion, the biggest game of the weekend here going in on the road against Washington. 
we'll of course talk about that and everything else that happens that we need to discuss throughout the Big Ten next week when we talk to you again. Hey, Nate, this is a great time. And everyone, have yourself a very merry Mickey Joseph weekend. Let's go. Cornhuskers all day. Let's go. Going to be a good one. Thanks, Matt.